Well, welcome everybody to Legendary Leadership Lessons. I'm your host, Gary Johnson, and it's not very often that I get to speak with someone who's actually tried out for American Ninja, but I have that opportunity today with Liz Haberberger. Eight years she's been with Dale Carnegie or so, president the last five years. She has put this franchise in a position as one of the top 10 in the world. Pretty incredible story. And she is going to join the ranks today on this podcast of people like Stephen Covey, Nito Quibane, Michael Abershoff, two-star general Don D. Costin, and Liz Haberberger. Welcome, Liz. Thank you so much, Gary. I am really excited to get to be here today. You know, I am too, and it's uh, it's really, really my pleasure to have you on for, for a lot of reasons. I had an opportunity to meet you, I don't know how long, a couple of years ago. Yeah. I'm just awestruck with you. Uh, you're, you're a young leader. You've, you've got just tremendous energy. Uh, the fact that uh, you're female on top of it and what you've been able to do is even more inspiring. I just in, in a in a world full of, you know, all kinds of craziness and you've navigated that super well. And I just wanted to share with the audience your story. You know, we, we call this episode Nimble Like a Ninja. So we got to start off. Tell the audience about this like ninja training you do. Okay, so it is probably the most fun thing that I do, and by far the coolest thing that I do, is the Ninja Warrior training. So I started training in 2019, uh, and the whole reason I started was I did gymnastics growing up and loved it, and one day was sitting down with my two kids, and we were watching American Ninja Warrior. And I thought, man, that would be so fun. I wonder if there's anything like that in St. Louis. So I just Googled. Ninja Gym, St. Louis. And sure enough, there was a Ninja Gym and it was probably 15 minutes from our house. So we went in one day and my kids fell in love. I fell in love and I've been there for the last, you know, four years. I'm probably there somewhere between three to five times a week training Ninja. Yeah, I've had an opportunity to watch some of your videos on LinkedIn and just, just amazing. Your ability, your athleticism is awesome. So it's it's encouraging and fun to watch that. I know you've had a few uh, challenges that have come a long way with that kind of training, but you've just you've fought through that. I want to talk about your role as a leader. Yeah. So Dale Carnegie, you know, you know, I love Dale Carnegie. It's one of my favorite institutions, one of the best all-time books ever written, How to Win Friends, Influence People. And it's awesome to see what Carnegie has done with that, really kind of transforming itself into more than just that. And you've done a tremendous job with the St. Louis slash Kansas City markets. Can you just give the audience a little background on how you got involved with Carnegie and then how you ascended president? So it was, I almost, I kind of stumbled into it. If I'm being 100% honest, I came out of college as an elementary school teacher. So I was teaching fourth grade and I did that for four years. I did love it. I loved the kids. I really liked the parents, um, but I kind of felt like, I had to do things a certain way, right? You have to do things the way your district wants you to do them. And I just, I wanted, I wanted to be able to do more. And so I decided to leave teaching. But when I left teaching, you know, it's a, a teaching degree is a little different than if you get a marketing degree, you know, or a business degree. When you're a teacher, there's really only one job meant for you. And that's teacher. You know, you can pick what school or choose a district, but that's about it. So I really had no idea 
where I wanted to go. And I just so happened to have an acquaintance who every time I had talked to him, told me about he worked at this place called Dale Carnegie. And he said he was like, well, it's kind of like teaching, but it's adults. It's more critical business skills. And so I reached out to him and just said, hey, you know, I'm looking to make some kind of a change. I don't really know what I want to do, um, but what you do sounds somewhat interesting. Can we talk? And so we got together. He came over to our house for dinner. And the more he started talking, the more I started thinking, wow, like this actually sounds pretty interesting to me. And they were hiring, but they only were hiring part-time. So it was a perfect phase in life. I've got two kids now. We had one at the time, knew we were going to have another. And I thought, well, maybe this is a great opportunity for me to step back a little bit and also be in mom mode. So I, I came into the business and started part-time and I was working in operations. I was the one answering phone calls. I was making the name tags, but I got to be around all of the facilitators and I got to be around the people who were interacting with clients. And I quickly fell in love. I still remember, Gary, you've taken Dale Carnegie. You know what it's like to sit in a room and I sat in the room for my first Dale Carnegie course and within about 10 minutes was just mesmerized by the facilitator up in front and thought, oh my God, I have never seen a room of adults this engaged this quickly and just captivated. And so I looked at the facilitator and thought, I want to do that. Like I want to be in that role. So I pretty quickly said, okay, well, what do I need to do to become a facilitator? And so I started going down the, the facilitator path and I got certified as a trainer probably about a year after I started within the business, a little more than a year. And uh, I started working with clients and loved it. And then I started getting this little bug again that was like, wait a minute, I'm in this room. I'm having incredible conversations. I'm hearing about all of these things. Like, I want to be able to go back to their organizations and say, hey, this is what I'm hearing. Like, we've got an opportunity to continue partnering because look at all the amazing things that happen. And so I got into sales. So I started then going back to the clients and started having those client conversations. And it was in 2018, I guess about three years after I had gotten in the business, that I kind of had, had done all three sides, operations, the training, and the sales, and then I took over St. Louis. So I started running the day-to-day -day operations in St. Louis, um, but I didn't have any equity in the business, so I wasn't an owner in the business until about 2019 when the, the, the former owner started having conversations with me about, hey, would, would you ever want to own a business? And I tried my hardest to say no. I mean, I said no probably five, six, seven times. I said, I don't know anything about running a business. I'm a fourth grade teacher. Like, what do I know about insurance and finding a lease and hiring and perform? I was like, I, this is, I, I, I don't know enough to do this. I'm not capable of this. So I tried to say no probably six, seven times. And for me, the, the, pivotal moment was when we were sitting 
right across the street from our office at a bread co. If you're in St. Louis, it's a bread co. Anywhere else, they're called Panera. And he had looked at me and he said, Liz, here's the deal. I'm selling the business. And there's two options. Either you're going to buy it or we're selling to somebody else. And if we sell to somebody else, he goes, I'm not worried that they're going to get rid of you. You're valuable in this business. You're not going to go anywhere. He said, but what I can't what I can't confirm is that this person isn't going to say to you, hey, Liz, I need your butt in that chair at 8 a.m. every day. And you get two weeks of vacation. And here's your quota. And this is what I need from you. And if you want to do X, Y, and Z, you better ask. And it was literally in that moment that I thought, oh, my gosh, I would rather try this by myself and fail, but be able to do it my way then have to let someone else dictate my success or dictate my fate. And so I said, yes. So I bought the entire St. Louis territory in January of 2020. If you want to talk about brilliant timing. And then uh, I bought Kansas City, expanded out to Kansas City in March of 2021. And so we've had both territories for the last two and a half years. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, though, Liz. I mean, you talk about serendipity and some of those other things that came across in your story. And then, you know, actually, probably not a better time to start a Dale Carnegie than when things were tough, because you were able to demonstrate in a very unique pandemic driven world how you could continue to provide you know, Carnegie training to people in a unique way. Right. Yeah, I think if there's one thing that I really took from from COVID, you know, in, in April of 2020, I thought that I had might have made the worst mistake of my life buying an in-person training company when all of a sudden nobody could be in person. But I bet by the time August came around, you know, even just a couple months in, I think what I realized was that this business and what we do it, is, it will never not be needed. And I don't care what happens in the world, right? You tell everybody they have to work from home. You bring in AI. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. At the end of the day, people are dealing with people. And that ability to connect with people, to work together, to communicate, that's what drives success. Like That's what makes people happy. That's what get things, gets things done. And that's what we get to do. So it doesn't matter like what happens this business will never not be needed. Yeah, it's really interesting, Liz. You talked about you know, timing and in, in a business that's in person. You know, Vistage is very much the same way. Yeah. And, you know, with 45,000 members around the world, when we, so for example, when, when, when we're getting a CEO to consider becoming a Vistage member, we, we invite him to what's called a Vistage experience. Well, that's always been done in person, right? So you bring all these people in. All of our meetings are always in person. Then yep. whammy, then whammy, right? Uh, this craziness happens. But you know what? That's the cool thing about, you know, necessity being the mother of invention. We found, too, that we were able to get creative. And actually what's happened now, Liz, as a result, you know, talking about some good things can come out of bad, bad circumstances, Many of those Vistage experiences now around the country, they had so much success doing the initial meeting via Zoom. Everything else is live, but the initial meeting via Zoom, that's how they do it now. And that really came from COVID. So there are some crazy things that can happen. But, you know, you guys are so blessed in St. Louis. I haven't met any of your Kansas City staff, but you've got some tremendous trainers and having the ability to bring people together 
and they have the experience of Carnegie and really understanding how to get out of their shell and really learning how to connect with people. It's such an important skill set. I don't know that I can think of one that's more important. Do you think there is one? You know, I'm a firm believer that at the end of the day, life equals relationships. It's been proven, you know, time and time again, the longest running study done ever on adult development by Harvard says what makes a happy life. And it's your, it's the quality of relationships. So I really don't think that there's anything more important than the ability to connect, communicate and build trust with people. You're so good at it, Liz. It's amazing. You know, you're just a, just a, a fireball and a full of energy. Tell me when you, some of the challenges that you've had to overcome, obviously COVID was one of them, but you're jumping into being a business owner, all these things that you had to deal with. What kind of challenges did you find that you had to overcome to keep pushing forward? COVID, you are right. COVID was definitely one. I mean, that one stressed us from even just a systems standpoint. You know, how do, how do you recreate that magic, that energy that happens when you're in an in-person training room in a virtual environment? So that alone was challenging. I mean, I think back, you know, everybody nowadays, you send somebody a Zoom link or a Teams link and it's no big deal. You know, you just hop online and you're there. But even three years ago, I mean, these were platforms that you used only if you had to. And so for us to be able to pivot and navigate and figure out how do we make this virtual environment the same as the in-person environment, even from a system standpoint, has been one. I think another challenge that we deal with in our world all the time, and I know you see it in, in yours too and in in working with different businesses, is that every business is different and the same at the exact same time. You know, every business deals with the same types of challenges and every business is unique in the way that they face or deal with those challenges. So what we we don't have is like this magic one size fits all solution where you can say, oh, this is just the way that it works for everybody. And so we are constantly trying to make sure that we've got the right people on our team who can go in and they've learned those skills or they're able to figure out what are some of those commonalities and then what's the context of an organization that makes those things special or unique because no one wants to pay for leadership development or communications or you know the ability to collaborate together if it stays in the training room it has to actually have an impact. And so one challenge that we're constantly dealing with is how do we make sure that the content we bring, those timeless principles, how do we make sure that that still fits in today's world and specifically in your business and even more specifically for each individual person in the room, how does it fit in your world? And that's one thing that we're constantly dealing with from you know a facilitation standpoint. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking through that, Liz, you, a lot you said there, a lot of really good points. <clears throat> when I think through relationships, right, and I think about, uh, I just had an opportunity to, to have a gentleman come into a Vistage group, just a f- former actor, phenomenal speaker, and he really talked okay. about, he talked about stage presence, and yeah. we're always on stage as leaders, and connecting, you know, that, that which is really at the core of a Carnegie is about is connecting with people. How do you connect? Yep. You know, and, and so 
I think about that skill set and I think about leaders and I and, and leaders of all kinds, leaders that have the name, you know, the name badge that says they're the leader, people that are informal leaders, people that are parents, people that are family members. That if there's a better skill out there than knowing how to connect, I'm not sure I know what it is. It's so powerful. It takes effort, right? We have to we have to build the bridge of understanding to them, not from us to them, and try to learn from them and gain from them and, and make sure they understand we feel what they have to say is important by active listening and all kinds of other things. But gosh, Liz, I think what you guys do at Carnegie is just it's it's so fundamental and so important. Yeah. I think I think about even, you know, several conversations I've had with clients over the last year, you know, I got to have a couple and then was was very uh, grateful that the global CEO of Dale Carnegie was also in St. Louis. And so we got to go talk to several clients together. And so I've asked and he was asking, you know, what made you choose Dale Carnegie? What, what made you choose us to work with? And, you know, no one has ever said, well, it was the Dale Carnegie principles. Well, it was the proposal. It was all the content. What people will tell us, the reason why they chose us is because we listened to them and we showed up with enthusiasm and energy. And that's it. It, it it's you know, it's not it's not like we have a magic pill. It's not like we do anything special, but we what we do is we connect and listen to people. And then we're going to get excited because we really believe that we can help you. And like, that's it at the end of the day. If we can do those things and focus less on us, like the key to connecting, Gary, you know this, it's it's not hard, it's easy. Easy doesn't mean simple. And it's just think less about you and more about the other person, right? Spend more time listening than talking. Talk about what they're interested in. Make them feel important. And it builds connection like that. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting, Liz, you, you said it's not easy. I 100% agree, but it is intentional. And yes. Right. And so we have to be intentional about our ability to connect. One of the struggles I've had for, for most of my career, I'm kind of a people who don't know me. I'm kind of a big guy. I got a shaved head, go, mm-hmm. you know, lift weights all day. I'm kind of scary looking when you see me. So I, I have to deal with this persona that, you know, hey, this guy's a, you know, a Steve Austin kind of mean wrestler kind of guy. And I'm probably the biggest teddy bear you'll ever meet. But I have to really work on that because that's how people will initially perceive me. So I have to be exceptionally intentional when I'm trying to connect with someone because of, of how they might perceive me. And I think you you would agree that perception is something we have to deal with, right? Oh, every, every day. I mean, highly competent people are not always perceived that way simply because of the way they show up. And like, it might not be fair, but it's the way things are. I, I've kind of boiled it down to three things that if we as leaders can do, that that's what really helps the perception or drive results. So intentional is one of those words. So we've got to be intentional. We have to be consistent and we have to be proactive. Like we can't just say, oh, well, I did that once. Well, I did, I, I did that last week. We got to be consistent in the actions that we take. We have to be intentional 
about how we apply them or who we apply those actions with. And then we've got to be proactive. Like you can't sit back and wait and say, well, if someone comes and talks to me, then I'll build connection with them. But we have to proactively go out as leaders and and build the relationship or communicate or ask for what doesn't matter what it is. But if we can constantly hone being consistent, intentional and proactive, I think that's what gives leaders an edge over other people. I really think it's one of the things that's allowed you, Liz, to have so much success so quickly at Dale Carnegie, a top 10 franchise in the world. You've built a great team over there, just a tremendous group of people. You've got a great location here in St. Louis. Anybody who's been through your program, all they all say the same thing and they, they all love it. A business Journal did a, a write-up on you not too long ago. And I just, I wanted the audience to meet you. I think you're going to be consistently and intentionally and proactively very, 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 very important here in St. Louis for a very long time. And I just want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing my birthday with me today. It's my birthday. How about that? Happy birthday. I did not know it was your birthday. Yeah. And, you know, I chose you on my birthday. Of all the people I could interview, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm interviewing Liz on my birthday. So Now I feel extra special. I know. See how that works. That's another Dale Carnegie principle. I bet you didn't tell me because you knew that I would have said, you know what we should do for your birthday? We should go to the ninja gym together. And I would be in the hospital the very next day. (laughs) So thank you so much, Liz. It's always my pleasure to spend time with you. Can't wait to get this posted. You have a tremendous day. Thank you. You too, Gary.